I get asked a lot to speak about mental health because it's very current. Uh, I'm very current. I used to look after a youth fellowship within our own church in Lisburn. Uh, I'm now too old for that. Uh, I reckon I'm too elderly to be relevant to young people. So uh, there's younger people do that, but still get asked to speak about mental health. And certainly as my work goes as a general practitioner, it's a big part of what I do. And if we think about mental health, it's a very broad topic, uh, and it ranges, maybe if we think of it as a spectrum, uh, at one end we've got depression, maybe, there at one end, and at the other end we've got anxiety. Uh, now the trouble is most people who come with symptoms don't necessarily fit at that end or at this end, but they're somewhere in the middle. Uh, so very often those two terms get used interchangeably. And then we add to that all the other mental health problems that we have in society today, drug addiction, alcohol abuse, glue sniffing it was back in my time. Uh, things have changed. It's drug taking now, I guess. Self-harm, that's a bit of an epidemic in schools, uh, your schools perhaps. Um, social media and all the problems that come from that, bullying. Uh, it's a whole wealth of stuff and I'm happy for you to ask me about that. Now what we're talking about tonight specifically is about anxiety. So I want to chat about it first uh, and then we're going to look at God's Word and find some help from His Word. Okay. Now tell me what anxiety is like. Give me some of the symptoms that you might feel if you're anxious. Now immediately you will feel anxious because I might, I might pick you out. Uh, I'll give you one. I might be trembling, I might be shaking. So that might be a, a sign that I'm anxious. What, what else might we feel? You tell me, girls. Fear, Fear yes. Yeah. So, so how would that manifest itself? What would, I, what, what would happen to my, my body if I was fearful or anxious? What happens to your voice or your mouth or, uh, or your knees? Or what, what can happen to you? Give me some symptoms of what you might be if you were anxious. Yes, so some people when they're anxious can be sick and, and maybe some of you when you went to school there was um, sickness came and really the sickness was there because you were anxious about exams or something that might be coming up at school. So yes, sickness. So we've got shake in the hands, we've got sickness. What else might you feel if you were anxious? You guys, you're going to know. Hmm? What can happen to your voice? Get trembly, wouldn't it? And what happens to your mouth? What would happen to it, fellas, if you were nervous? It's all dried up, yeah. So, so, and the knees would knock, wouldn't they? Yeah. And, and these are all symptoms or, or signs that you're anxious, okay? Uh, but you know what anxious is like. You, you've heard of the f flight or, or fight reaction. So, if you're out there in the fields, down the Studer Road and a big bull comes on the other side of the gate and suddenly you realise that gate's not closed and this boy's coming after me, that you would feel fear, all right? You'd be scared. That, that's what we're talking about, okay? Or maybe you've been in the playground, fellas maybe particularly, and some big bullies come up and give you a shove and, and, and do you stand up, stand up to him, square up to him, raise the fists maybe, or do you run? That's fear. Okay, that's what anxiety is like. It's that fight or flight reaction that we all feel when something happens to us. Now, what we've described is the fear that you would feel 
in a situation, in, in a dilemma, in a problem, the bull at the gate, uh, someone in the playground who's, who's bullying you or, or saying something about you, that, that, that's a momentary thing, that, that's panic, that's fear takes hold of you. The sort of anxiety we're talking about tonight is that sort of fear that lasts all of the time. So it's not just that I'm anxious when that happens to me, but I'm anxious or fearful or nervous all of the time. And that's the sort of anxiety that we want to think about tonight. Now, the story will vary from person to person and just exactly what they might feel. But there is help for those who are anxious. Uh, One of the questions I was asked was, why do we get anxious? Anybody want to offer an answer to that? I don't know who asked it, but anybody else want to offer a thought about why we get anxious? Why do you folks get anxious? Now, you tell me why you get anxious. As an adult, I can tell you about all sorts of reasons why I might get anxious, but why would young people get anxious? Overthinking things, yeah. So not being able to relax, not being able to maybe get to sleep, uh, and your mind's just constantly going and stuff. And what feeds into that? What do you folks do that I wasn't able to do in my time? Can't find it now, my phone. Yeah, that's what I was looking for. Yeah. So tell me about social media. Are you all on Facebook or whatever the current version of it is now? Maybe not allowed on Facebook. You have to be 13, isn't that right? Well, I guess a lot of you maybe were there before that. But that, that, that Facebook's old hat, is it? What's the latest version? Instagram. Right, okay. Good thing? Bad thing? Not sure. What about you guys? You got Instagram, you on your phones and, and stuff. Okay. Do you turn it off at night? No. You see, we're going to get to that bit, so that, that can be a problem. Uh, because it's 24-7 with all of these things, isn't it? You're waking up in the middle of the night, you reach for your phone and you look to see what's what's on there and that's not necessarily good. So yes, there's social media now that there wasn't in my time when I was growing up. Uh, there's maybe loss of family support within society and all these are reasons why there's maybe more anxiety now than there was in your age group. Everything's fast fast food, fast travel, fast everything. Back two or three generations ago, uh, you know, young people would come home from school and, and taken their tea and done a few homeworks, and then there was nothing to do until the next day. Uh, or maybe holidays, there was nowhere to go, but now you expect things to happen just, just to the click of fingers, and you go here and you go there, and, and you've got uh, social media and you've got television and you've got all sorts of forms of entertainment and everything has to be fast, fast, fast. And that leads people to be anxious. Uh, so I think that's one of the reasons why anxiety is more common. And I think it is more common. I, I think social media has a lot to answer for with regard to anxiety. So there's a couple of reasons for you at least. Uh, and, and there are others, but in an individual. So if any one of you were to come to me saying, I'm feeling very anxious, I'm feeling very fearful, then sometimes it's very difficult to tease out just what exactly has caused that person to be anxious. There are physical things that can happen to you that might make you anxious. So I might, and some of you older folks might check your bloods to make sure that you don't have a thyroid problem, for instance, or you could be on certain tablets which make you feel anxious. So there can be physical reasons 
why people feel anxious. Uh, but more typically, it's down to what's going on up here. It's down to what's in our minds that makes us anxious. And we're all different types, aren't we? Some of us are laid back, couldn't care less. School doesn't faze us. No problems in life, no worries. Uh, and it'd be nice to be like that person, wouldn't it? Uh, I guess most of us are maybe the other end of the spectrum where we would like to be able to be that laid-back individual, but rather we are those sort of people who are very anxious and nervous and easily upset. And then there can be a spiritual dimension to anxiety. Uh, If you're a Christian, uh, maybe you feel you're not as good a Christian as you should be. Maybe you feel you don't do the things that a Christian ought to do. Maybe you don't pray enough. Maybe you don't read your Bible enough. Maybe you feel guilty about some of the bad things that you've done in the past. So there can be all of these uh, spiritual feelings that come into our feeling of anxiety. If you're not a Christian, uh, you've heard the Word of God. You've heard the truth. You know the Gospel, I suspect. Uh, so maybe there's 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 a feeling there, well, I'm not doing what's right and, and God is not pleased with me. In fact, the Bible tells us that God is angry every day, it tells us in the Psalms, with those who don't trust him, with the unrighteous. So there's maybe that sense of feeling guilty before a God who is holy and righteous. So there can be physical reasons for being anxious. There can be psychological reasons or our personality types why we might be anxious. There can be spiritual dimensions to that as well. And sometimes it's very difficult to just tease out what is the real reason for a person's anxiety. When people come to see me, they uh, there's three things that are relevant, I suppose. Number one, they realize they've got a problem. And that's the first thing that people need to do is to understand, look, that there's something wrong here. I'm not able to cope with what's going on in my life. And that can be a hard thing for people to admit that I'm not doing too well here and I need to talk to somebody about it. Uh, And I think more so maybe for boys than girls that that's a hard thing to admit. I'm not feeling good. I'm not feeling well. So that's the first thing. You've got to realize I've got a problem. Second thing is, I'm not able to fix it. I need help. Okay, and that's the second thing that people do when they come to see me. And then number three is, they come and seek help. Okay, and in many ways, my bit at number three is easy whenever they've realized they've got a problem and they're not able to fix it themselves, and then they come for help. And what sort of help might I offer or suggest to them? Well, there's a whole list of things that we might do just depending on what we find out from the person about what's making them anxious. What do you think happens to routine if you're anxious? It does, absolutely. It just all goes by the wayside. So there's one of the first things you can do to help yourself if you're feeling anxious is to get back that routine that you've lost. Uh, It's the first casualty in stress or in anxiety. You can't get sleep at night. You stay up late on that account. You look at your phone. Uh, You look for comfort on social media. You're not finding it there, I suspect. Uh, You lie in then in the morning because you're too tired to get up. Um, 
then you're not able to go to school or, or you're late to go to school and you, you skip breakfast because you, you maybe don't take breakfast as young people. That's another mistake. Uh, and routine goes out the window uh, and suddenly your life becomes a disorganized mess. Uh, and that's very common in those who become overly anxious. And so one of my first suggestions is get back into routine again. Keep a proper bedtime. Keep a proper meal times. Uh, take exercise. Get away from the books if it's the books that are making you anxious. Get away from social media. Turn it off at 9 o'clock at night if it's that that's making you anxious. Take regular meals. Take some exercise. Get away from the school books if that's what it is. Or maybe get to the school books. <laughs> that's more relevant to some of you. In adults, it's, it's work-life balance. You know, I, I used to hear it preached at a mission hall. I used to go to a mission hall in Dramara, uh, very like this, CW Hall in Dramara. And I remember preachers coming when I was a young fella, and they would have talked about the worries that young people had, and then they would have talked about the problems of middle life. And I used to think, well, what, what are the problems of midlife? And I suppose this is your parents were thinking about it. Often it is work, and it's that work-life balance uh, and often our parents or your parents are, are busy, busy, busy trying to earn money, look after you lot, and and that becomes uh, that becomes all overwhelming in their lives, and they're not able to relax or find downtime. Uh, so that can be a problem for those in, in, in middle life, and then in old age, it can be to do with health, and we can be anxious because the health starts to fail, and we're not able to do the things that we used to be able to do, or we feel regrets about the things that we once did and, and can no longer do. So those are all practical things that I may or may not talk to young people about if they come to me, if they're feeling anxious. It's routine and mealtime and bedtime, regular exercise and making sure the social media is turned off appropriately. Two other things then that I may then offer. One is talking therapies. Some of you might have heard of this, some of you might not. Uh, this is counselling, uh, where you talk to someone. Now that doesn't have to be a doctor. It doesn't have to be a healthcare professional. It can be a good friend. Uh, and, and we've heard the saying that a problem shared is a problem halved. Uh, and sometimes just chatting to someone who knows you, someone who is close to you, just about the way you're feeling can, can help you get over that anxiety that you feel in your life. And talking therapies have become very common in, in my work of late. We have CBT, some of you may have heard of. We have talking therapies. We have counsellors and practices. And all of this are ways to try and make you think less negatively and think a little more positively. Uh, and you know what it's like sometimes when you feel down, you feel as if nothing's going right. You know, if, if I had a, if I had a duck, it would sink. Uh, I just feel so miserable uh, and everything's going wrong in my life. Uh, well, uh, a counsellor will challenge that and will say, well, look, actually, Nigel, it doesn't have to be that way. You know, you're just thinking that way because you're seeing the dark side of everything. You're seeing the bleak side of everything. Uh, and they can challenge you and, and ask you to think other thoughts or think things that would make you less anxious. Now, one of the questions that was put up on your uh, questions that came to me is, is, is mindfulness, which is one of these counselling therapies, is it 
right for Christians to be involved in mindfulness. Uh, now, some of these particular techniques of, of counselling are based on Far Eastern religions, and, and mindfulness is a good example of that. So mindfulness, if you study it and study its sources, it came really from Buddhism in the Far East. Uh, and there is this sign, uh, this sense of mindfulness trying to tell yourself that I am good, uh, I am truth, I am free, I have joy. And you will know if you're coming along here that actually those things aren't found within ourselves. Those things are only found in God through his word. So in that sense, that part of mindfulness is wrong. And I think it's important if Christians are involved in counselling that they are careful not to go down that route or not allow themselves to go down that route where they get into these deeper methods of, of mindfulness. Back a couple of years ago, coming, hard to believe, at the start of the COVID pandemic, I took COVID and had to isolate for a week, April, year ago. And back then, none of us really knew what it was like. So there was fear, I guess. And, uh, you know, am I going to be sick? Am I going to be really ill? Will I end up in hospital? It was way before vaccinations came in. Uh, so I decided, well, what am I going to do for this week? Uh, I was sitting in a room, couldn't go out. Uh, what am I going to do? So I, I did a wee daily devotional and put it up on our church website, Lisburn Free Presbyterian Church. It's still there if you want to have a look at it. And I did the series over the week on mindfulness. Uh, now, not the mindfulness that we're talking about here, but Christian mindfulness. So if you want to find out a wee bit more about what I think about mindfulness, have a wee look at that series. Uh, maybe your guys will be able to share the links with you to, to our church website back April 2020, that must have been, um, and a wee series on, on, on mindfulness from God's Word. And I do warn in that, as I'm warning you tonight, that uh, mindfulness, you just got to be careful. My, my wife works in, in schools, and one of the teachers in one of the schools where she worked uh, had lunchtime mindfulness classes for pupils and then also for staff. And in those classes, oh, I better watch my time, that's real at the back, isn't it? Uh, in those classes... Uh, this was the thought on mindfulness was that, you know, you were to tell yourself that you had inner peace and that you had inner good and that you had inner joy and, and truth. And, and, and as a Christian, those things are wrong. Only those, those things can only be found in Christ. Very briefly, so that's talking therapies. Medicines, uh, I might use medicines for young people who are anxious. We try not to in your age group. Uh, certainly we maybe will and, and older folks. The best medicine for anxiety, far by far the best, is one called diazepam or Valium. Uh, it was discovered in the 60s when it came out. An older generation of people, your parents, thought it was fantastic uh, and lots and lots of people took it and, and it's superb at calming people down. What they didn't know back then was that it was very addictive. Uh, and, and yes, take three tablets a day for a month and you'll feel great but then after that month you would need six tablets a day to achieve the same effect and, and then another month it would have to be 12 tablets a day and, and then 24 tablets a day and, and so you can get hooked on the drug 
and it was very addictive. And for that reason, it's not used now much, but it's still used carefully under supervision by a doctor or a healthcare professional and is very, very useful. So that's just a word or two on medicine. We need to get to God's Word, folks. Uh, is any of this in the Bible? Uh, can we show you what anxiety is like in the Bible? Will you slip? Turn with me to Psalm 55 for a moment. Now, the Psalms are a favorite with many of God's people. Why? Well, simply because there is a psalm that suits every mood that you might feel. If you can't sleep, read Psalm 4. If you're anxious, read Psalm 55. If you're depressed, Psalm 42, 43. If you feel that, why do other people get away with bad things and and yet here I am as a Christian and I'm not enjoying life and you're envious of the ungodly, Psalm 37 or Psalm 73, turn the numbers the other way around. So, So there's a psalm for every mood that you might feel. And I want to look at one here just very briefly, Psalm 55, that's all about anxiety. Okay, let me read just a few verses at the start. Give ear to my prayer, O God. This is David. He says, And hide not thyself from my supplication. Attend unto me and hear me. I mourn in my complaint, and I make a noise because of the voice of the enemy, because of the oppression of the wicked. For they cast iniquity upon me, and in wrath they hate me. My heart is sore pained within me, and the terrors of death are fallen upon me. Fearfulness and trembling are come upon me, and horror hath overwhelmed me. And I said, Oh, that I had wings like a dove, for then would I fly away and be at rest. Lo, then would I wander far off and remain in the wilderness. Selah, I would hasten my escape from the windy storm and tempest. Did you see the words there that would suggest that David was anxious? He talks about fearfulness, trembling. We spoke about trembling earlier on, didn't we? He was trembling. He was fearful. He felt overwhelmed. He felt he couldn't cope with life. And he wanted to flee. He wanted to run away. He says, oh, that I had wings like a dove and I could get away from this. There's the flight response that David had. He didn't want to be where he was. He he was fearful and trembling and overwhelmed and he wanted to disappear somewhere else where it would be calm. So David, the psalmist here, is anxious like you and I might be. What does he do? We better come to this quickly. Well, there's always instruction in God's word. Uh, Those of you who have a a title to the top of the psalm, uh, and actually the titles are part of God's word. They're not just additions by those who who have written the Psalms or translated the Psalms. The title to this Psalm is a fancy word called Maskil, if you see it there. And if you have a margin in your Bible, it'll tell you that it's a Psalm for instruction. So not only have we got a Psalm here that's about anxiety, but we've got a Maskil Psalm, which means it's a Psalm to instruct us. Okay, there's 13 of them in the book of Psalms, and every one of them is for instruction. There's a wee afternoon exercise for you some Sunday afternoon. Find the other Maskeel Psalms and see what they talk about. The one on depression, 42 and 43, is a Maskeel Psalm. Uh, so there's lots of Psalms that are Psalms for instruction. What's the instruction in this Psalm? Okay, we'll look down to verse 16. As for me, here's what the instruction is. As for me, I will call upon God and the Lord shall save me. Evening and morning and at noon will I pray 
and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. There's the first thing that we're instructed to do. Prayer. Sometimes the last thing we do when we're anxious. We think of complaining to everybody else. But do we take it to the Lord in prayer? Do we take it to our Heavenly Father? Do we ask his advice? Do you see the routine of prayer there also? Evening and morning and at noon will I pray. You remember Daniel, he prayed, he opened the windows toward Jerusalem, prayed three times a day. Maybe there's weeks go past when we don't pray. Days go past when we struggle with our fears and our thoughts and our anxieties and we don't pray the way that we ought. There's a routine we need to get into. What did Joseph Scriven say? Joseph Scriven was from Banbridge, saw a lot of trouble in his life. His girlfriend, uh, his fiance, died uh, up in Banbridge. He went to Canada, um, found another love of his life. She died too. And he wrote back to his mother the words of a hymn that's likely in your chorus book. What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. But what of those verses says, Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. You see, we, we, we forfeit, we, we give up on the peace that we can know through prayer by not taking it to the Lord in prayer. So there's the first instruction in the psalm is that we are to pray evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. Verse 18, he hath delivered my soul in peace from the battle that was against me. If you're a Christian, you have peace with God. You're no longer an enemy, an enemy with God. You're no longer at enmity with God. You have peace within your heart and your soul. And that brings great comfort. Uh, things could happen you here in this life that make you anxious and nervous and distressed. But if you have peace with God, you know that eternally you're safe, you're secure. You have his peace, you have his presence, you have the comfort of knowing that he is with you. And he will protect you. Uh, others will face punishment at the end of this life for their sin. Uh, but if you're saved, if you're a Christian, your sins are already forgiven. And you will not be punished for them. So you have peace with God. And that's a great comfort even in the midst of distress and trouble. What else have we got here in the, uh, in the Psalms? So we've got prayer. We've got peace. We've got provision. Thirdly here. Look then down to verse uh, verse 22. We'll just skip down a few verses to get to that. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He will never suffer the righteous to be moved. Cast your burden. This is the thing that's distressing you, the thing that's worrying you, the thing that's making you anxious or nervous. It says you're to cast it. Now that word is like a fisherman's word. Some of you might fish, you fellows, maybe girls too. You, you cast your line out with the rod. You, you throw it away from you. Throw it as far as you can throw it. That's what you're to do with your burden. You're to cast it upon God, for he careth for you. And the New Testament equivalent of that, Sam, cast your burden upon the Lord, is, is 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. 
So Old Testament, New Testament, both ways we're to cast our burdens upon the Lord. It was First Peter 5, verse 7. Now, when it talks about casting your care upon the Lord, what do we mean by care? This is anxious care that we're talking about. Uh, we'll distinguish that from diligent care. So if I tell you to take care on the roads on the way home, or take care as you leave the building that you don't trip on the step, take care in case it's slippy outside, those, that's proper care. That, that's diligent care. We'll call it that. So what's been talked about here in the verses is that we are not to have distrustful care. We're not to be anxious as if there were no God in heaven who has his eye upon us. We're to trust him because he has promised to provide for us. So his provision is there and we are to cast our worries and our anxieties upon him. And then there's also a promise here, the promise in verse 22 also it says he will never suffer the righteous to be moved there's security there there's a settled place there if you belong to christ if you know him if your sins are forgiven you have the security of being a child of god you have the security of knowing you have a home in heaven at the end of this life and no one can pluck you out of the master's hand that's a peaceful place that's a secure place that's a place that shouldn't make you feel anxious it's a remedy to your anxiety verse 22 you've got a margin in your bible there again that middle bit in the bible you'll see that cast thy burden the word burden has an alternative meaning and in my bible it says gift Surely that's a mistake. Cast thy burden upon the Lord. Could that be read, cast thy gift upon the Lord? How could a burden ever be a gift? Well, maybe it is in this sense. If your burdens, if your cares, if your worries, if your anxieties drive you to the Master, drive you to God, where you see his provision, where you attain his help and his care, where you have the promise given to you that he will never suffer the righteous to be moved, then that burden, if it drives you to God above, has become to you a gift. It is God's gift to you to so burden you to drive you to his loving arms. And in that sense, our burdens, the cares, the anxieties, the worries that we face, if they drive us to God, they are truly become gifts to us because they make us run to our Saviour. Final verse I'll give you. The time is going. Philippians 4 verse 8. It's got to be a favourite of mine. Uh, and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds. That's where the anxiety sits. Through Christ Jesus now, we've talked about peace tonight already. We've got peace with God if we belong to him, if we're Christians. The peace of God is a separate thing. That's a calm spirit within us. That's a non-anxious heart. And God gives us that peace. And it's given to us, and we can't describe it for it's past our understanding. And it's given to us to keep our hearts, our souls, and our minds. That's our thoughts, our worries, our anxieties, our cares. 
the things that trouble us, uh, well, this peace that God can give you will keep your minds from the turmoil that you might feel. And how is it given to us? It's all through the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the means of all the grace that we receive. He is the one that delivers it. In John chapter 14, uh, the, the chapter that speaks about him going to prepare a place for us, verse 27 tells us, Peace, this is the Lord Jesus Christ speaking, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So there is spiritual remedy for those who are anxious in God's word, here in the psalm, throughout the scriptures. And any peace that we can have in this life, of course, is given to us through the Lord Jesus Christ. I hope I've answered the questions that were sent in to me as we've gone along. Are there any other questions? I've got about five minutes if you're brave enough to ask, if there anybody put through, guys, I'm, I'm happy. Or if you want to just chat to me and ask me about specific things, I'm happy to take those questions if you want. Girls, if you're brave enough, just shout ahead. Boys, anything you want to ask me? Yeah, okay, yeah, ask away and I'll see if I can come up with some sort of an answer. So, yeah, the, the first question that came through was... What can help you get sleep at a regular time? How long should I sleep at night? Oh, well, that's variable. Uh, well, sleep, you can't be buzzing with social media or, or TV or whatever and then go to bed and expect lights out, uh, duvet over my head and I'll fall asleep. You know, there has to be preparation for sleep. And for some people, sleep's difficult. There's no doubt about that. But uh, so, so there has to be a, a winding down before you go to bed. You have to go to bed at a reasonable hour to be able to do that. You have to wind down before you do that. Don't worry if you can't sleep. Uh, I think that's something that, that we all get anxious about. If we can't sleep, well, how am I going to get up in the morning? How am I going to manage tomorrow? And your worries are all magnified in the middle of the night. If you can't sleep just accept that oh, I'm not sleeping good tonight, I'll sleep better tomorrow night uh, and think about some good things don't think about anxieties, worries certainly don't turn your phone on uh, I think that's a mistake back in the day if I had been bullied at school I wasn't thankfully, but if I had been bullied at school I came home at half past four I came to the security of my parents' home and I heard nothing more about it until the next day Okay, and I had peace through those nighttime hours. You lot, you come home from school, maybe somebody has dissed you during the day, said something bad to you, or sent a message that you didn't like the look of, and what do you do? You look at your phone, and then you look again at tea time, and then you look again at bedtime, and then if you can't sleep that night, you look again, and you're seeing other people comment on those comments, and it's endless. And that's a very bad cycle to get into. So, so I support parents. Wish I'd done it with my own daughter, my youngest, actually, because uh, I don't think we, we we learned this lesson early enough. Take the phones off you, okay? I'm I'm all for that. I think phones away at night. It is not a good thing. You will not sleep if you've the temptation of knowing your mobile phones beside you, and you can message somebody, or you can look and see who has said what and when. Uh, so, so maybe I'm going off on a tangent slightly about about the, the, the social media thing, but I have a bit of a be in the vomit about that, and I see a lot of it at work, I have to say, a lot of it. 
So routine, relax, get to bed, go at the same time each night, uh, try and get into just regular habits. Lights out if that's good for your relaxing bath before you go, those sorts of things. Thank you. Okay. My next question, there's two more, is how do I check my friends' mental health? Okay, well, it's not your responsibility to check on their health, I, I suppose, in one sense. Uh, but if you sense that your friend, uh, and I think girls make friends better than boys, boys tend to be your friend as though the boys that you kick football with out in the playground, but girls make best friends. So if you're worried about your friend, if you think there's something going on and you're anxious about them, ask them. Things all right? You okay? Uh, and ask an open question. Don't 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 ask a. Are you depressed or are you anxious? You know, just how are you? You seem quiet today. Uh, things okay? Th- those sorts of questions, and often just. The talking um, is all that they need to do. You don't need to have a clever answer. That's the other thing. Sometimes I think you fear about asking how they are in case you get this torrent of stuff back and you think, oh, I don't know what to say to that. Uh, Well, you don't have to have the answers. They don't have the answers. You don't have to have them either. All you need to be able to say, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, Do you think you need help? Do you think you need to go and see somebody? Have you told your mom and dad? Have uh, you talked to your friends about it? So, so it's, it's really just sharing that problem with your friend. And, and if you are worried about them, I, I think that's the first thing you do is talk to them. If your worries go beyond that uh, and you're in school setting, then obviously as teachers, if it's a home setting, talk to parents. Uh, if it's in a youth setting, talk to your leaders. You know, there are people who have responsibility uh, and I would talk to them. But, but in the first instance, ask them how they're feeling. Don't be afraid of asking the question. Thank you. The final question then is how can we pray for you and your colleagues during the pandemic at the minute? Yes, okay. Well, thank you for that. Uh, We get a lot of bad press at the minute uh, because we're very hard to get hold of. You have to phone first thing in the morning to be able to get on the phone call list for us to phone you back. Um, But we're we're, we're busy. Um, I suppose pray that we have wisdom to treat people with respect and to be able to help them appropriately. the, the the types of people that we see uh, come from those who are very grateful for all the help that they can get, and of course they're the easy ones to treat, to those who are most ungrateful for all the help that they can get. And there is a sense in my work that we have to challenge people who are doing wrong things. So, so people who are drinking heavily or taking drugs or abusing each other at home or fighting or whatever, then we have to provide a challenge to that. Or people who come to me looking drugs and I say, no, you're not getting them, uh, and that leads to confrontation. Those are very difficult consultations, very difficult things to do. So I suppose pray that we would have wisdom to know how to handle those problems. Pandemic's not going away, I'm afraid. You've noticed that. Uh, it's not great at the minute. Uh, I think it's important that we do, a bit like we've been talking about, do the basics. Uh, so the basics of the spiritual life was prayer and Bible study. Uh, the basics of this pandemic is the face masks, the hand washing, the keeping our distance one from another. So I, I think keep with those basics. That's important. But uh, thank you for your prayers. And if you do pray, pray that the Lord will give us wisdom to know how to treat people with respect and with understanding. Okay. All right. Any more questions? That's a quarter past nine, folks. You don't get supper now, I believe.
Where are your nearest chippy? Must be, must be one somewhere close by. <laughs> some, some one of the places. All right, we'll just finish with a word of prayer. Is that all right? Our Father, we thank you for all who have turned out tonight uh, to this mission hall. We thank you for the good news of the gospel that the Lord Jesus Christ came into the world this time of the year and he came uh, to be part of our humanity. He came to die, to die for our sins. And we thank you for the forgiveness that we can have through faith in his finished work. Lord, we pray for all who are present that they might know uh, of a surety that, that the truth of the gospel and that they might have it applied to their own hearts. Lord, we pray that you would guide us in these days, help us to know the peace with God uh, in the forgiveness of our sins and also the peace of God in our lives, uh, helping us to remain calm in the midst of life's storms. We thank you for the motto here in the Studer. We thank you that it speaks of the mind of Christ being in us. Lord, give us something of that mind that Christ had. It was a mind of lowliness, Father. It was a mind of humility, a mind of, of servitude. Lord, help us to have that in our lives and in our minds and not seek rather to be pompous or to seek our own vain glory or to be full of pride or to be all puffed up, but that we might have the mind of Christ. And so, Lord, we pray for the group who meet here regularly. We ask that you would bless them, bless the leaders and their efforts, bless all the young people who are gathered together, help them in school or university, or on the workplace, Lord, wherever it is, we pray that they might help help from above, and that they might know a sense of your presence in these difficult days. Lord, help us to have an appetite for your word, to read it more regularly, to pray over it, to be regular in the means of grace, to not forfeit peace by neglecting prayer, and help us to honour you and your word through all that we do and say. So bless us tonight. Take those who travel a distance to their homes in safety. And Lord, we pray for tomorrow, for the Lord's Day, that you will bless us in our places of worship. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.